0: My name is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I <laughs> You're going to do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. the I'm not working Fourth of July, Fourth of July. Hey, community policing, right? <laughs> what about community dispatch? So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here of Let's Talk Dispatch with me, Ashley, the raspy Dispatcher. We are recording this episode on August 20th, 2023. And this past week, one of our local departments out here in the Bay Area, California, San Jose Police Department, had an officer injured after an ambush shooting. And I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge Uh, the HURT, the San Jose Police Department um, as a whole, um, and the comm center is filling right now. I've had some folks from that department on this show, um, and I've maintained a a, a close relationship with them ongoing. And from being from the Bay Area, Area, I just wanted to let anyone listening know, um, I'm sure many comm centers across the country are thinking of you. Unfortunately, have been there before, um, and we're sending all the positive vibes and good thoughts your way during this hard time. I unfortunately have experienced the death of an officer in a very similar call for service in my career. And it's nothing um, that I would want to experience again. But like so many calls that we are, are trained to receive, um, dispatchers have to be prepared to act when a situation like this arises during our shift. And with all that being said, I'm going to bring on today's guest who has spent 29 plus years as a dispatcher and for at least seven or more of those years have been instructing for a private company with instruction specialty in Homeland Security, stress management, and so much more. My days, today's guest is Kat Martin. Hi, Kat.
1: Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm doing good. Enjoying awesome. Good Sunday,
0: it's, man. Isn't that the truth? I actually <laughs> was able to get yesterday off um, to help my partner do a safety, a safety fair day. So yeah, so they had the fire department come out. Um, the police department and a bunch of other uh, resources for the area that we live in. And um, they taught like the kids how to, use the fire extinguisher folks could grab some pepper spray and learn when and when not to use pepper spray <laughs> so it was a really awesome. fun event but i'm wounded okay my feet hurt I'm tired <laughs> a little sunburn and, and i yep. was thinking man i should have went to shift
1: <laughs> we actually do something similar at my agency called passport to safety
0: And there's
1: 10 different stations that you get to go to, and one of them is 911. Awesome. So we have a whole 911 booth set up, and they come in and we walk them through how to dial 911, and then we actually have phones that they oh, use, and ooh. it's a great resource. It's it's great. The kids love it. Lots yeah. of free like you said. Fire department, our K nines out there demonstrating. Yes. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah. it was a very cool experience. I didn't have enough time to like throw together a booth for me to participate in, a, in an official manner as a mm-hmm. rescue dispatcher, but I was just looking at all the options that we had to, for the kids to learn. I was like, mm-hmm. we need a we need a dispatcher booth you know we need something yep. um so the phone method uh having the phones is a really good idea to, to put out there for me to put in my little back of my yep. mind for if you need help
1: with it let me know hey i
0: appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> yep. so tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into public safety and what that looks like for you
1: okay so um I'm originally from Canada, so every once in a while, you're going to hear it come out. (laughs) But uh, I was born and raised there. I actually graduated from police college. Uh, My whole life, I knew that I was going to be a police officer, military, so uh, I worked towards that. I had my goals, uh, but unfortunately, right before I graduated from college, my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. so kind of threw me a bit for a loop. And so when I got out and I finished, uh, I had spent a bit of time on the road, uh, but I decided to move over to the U S to join the military over here. Mm-hmm. So move over to the U.S. I got into the Navy. I was excited. Couldn't wait to leave uh, for basic and mm-hmm. I got hit by a car. Wow. <laughs> so man. rough. Don't rough. recommend doing that. Yeah. 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 So I uh, got hit by a car, suffered a lot of injuries. Um, and two months after I was hit by the car, my dad was killed. Gosh. So I had a lot, a uh, lot happen really fast. And I
0: would
1: say. Uh, <sighs> yep. And my aunt stepped in and was, you know, helping me out. She got me into a job at uh, ADT mm-hmm. where I was dispatching and field support for them. Mm-hmm. One of my guards was who did it part time was an officer. And he's yeah. like, why are you doing this? He goes, why don't you actually use your knowledge and, you know, be a dispatcher? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Like, what? Like, 911? Like, yeah. I said, that's a real job. (laughs) I was like, because like I said, my whole life, I was a police officer. I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't realize that dispatch was an actual job or career Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And this was back, this was a long time ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dates don't matter. Dates don't matter. Let's
1: talk. It's (laughs) It's good. So. Um, I put out a bunch of applications to a bunch of different agencies uh, and I got in with a uh, city that's not too far from where I'm at right now, uh, Borders Detroit. And mm. uh, I spent my first couple of years there. We were the first dispatchers they ever had at that agency. Wow. So they didn't know what to do with us. <laughs> so myself and a couple of the other ones that came in, we developed the training program and, mm. you know, helped out with that, like, you know, walking in with my knowledge from the police was a huge help mm-hmm. but the fireside i was just like <laughs> 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 no
0: i still I like, like i have like, no idea for you <laughs>
1: yep they were just like well this is a phone this is a pen and paper i'm like well <laughs> yeah we had no cad we had nothing So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely different. Um, It wasn't what I was used to Mm -hmm. Uh, after a couple of years there, which I absolutely love. They were busy. Then I'll get up. It was a great department to work for, but Mm -hmm. uh, I made the step up to the agency that I'm currently with. Mm -hmm. So I've been there for 27 years with my current agency and uh, I've seen a lot and been through a lot there, but uh, I love being a dispatcher. Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity uh, to go to other agencies, to be supervisors. Uh, I've been offered jobs and I've turned them down because I like being behind the mic. I like knowing that I'm sending people home safe, hopefully Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. end of the night. And, you know, like you, and I said, you know, God bless San Jose. I'll be praying for them as well. And their Mm -hmm. officers and everybody that was involved. Um, It's a tough thing to go through. So,
0: you know, it's, it's one of those things that, for for me, my experience, I remember um, my agency came in and they're like, it's been 20 some odd years since we've actually had an officer killed in the line of duty. And I remember them telling us that in our academy. And then I remember waking up to um, the officer being pinned down in our all of the calls coming in uh, to us, like letting us know wh- who are coming into shift, what was going on at our agency. Mm -hmm. And I just spent the whole night that night because, you know, we weren't doing anything else. um, Just hearing Mm -hmm. the individual pop off shots on the back channels. And uh, I mean, it took a very long time for us to get off that call and, and, and move on with, um, you know, the regular day-to-day stuff. But Mm -hmm. you never, in this line of work, you never know what call is going to drop in your ear or what's Mm -hmm. coming over the radio i mean it happens instantly you know we prepare for emergencies we can't predict them you know so i would say it's one of those things that i would imagine with your experience and especially your specialty in in instructing folks in this line of work Mm -hmm. in many shapes and forms that you touch on at some point in some way Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And especially with the stress management class, Mm -hmm. you know, I I mean, those are my favorites, the stress management, the Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I teach all of them, the 40-hour basic and 40-hour advanced classes, um, those two are my babies. Those two Mm -hmm. are the ones that um, I really feel like I can give the most and impart the most uh, to new dispatchers to the career. Mm -hmm. And uh, that having to deal with you know, like you said, going from one call, and it's not like nine one one stop coming in. Yeah, You're yeah. Dealing exactly. with that incident, and in the mm. middle of that, somebody's got a heart attack, or you know, mm. somebody's kids died, or somebody's calling for you know an address somewhere. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> please, Google is real. That is one of my favorite. Ah, Google it for you, please. my.
1: Yep, yep. Let me help you out with that. Sure, not a problem. <laughs> but yeah, so it is that that transitioning from this screaming, 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 or whatever it is that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. to into something that, you know, is completely inane and has makes no sense at this moment, but you still have to deal with it. You still have to be a professional. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and you know, I feel to, to tangent and sidestep a little bit. I feel like I've talked to a lot of folks who have been doing this for, for a long time. And I don't think I've talked to someone who has been, one of the first dispatchers at a department. You know, I've always thought like new department and I came in and I was a trainee and they've been there. But to be one, like like your your badge number to be one, you know what I mean? Like exactly. Imagine like knowing what you know now versus like day one on the job. What was that like and the transition that you've seen and the growth? Oh my gosh.
1: It, it's been, the growth has been absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, but seriously, my first day on the job, I was just like, they gave me a map of the city. They gave me <laughs> some other information and nothing against them. I mean, they just yeah. didn't know what to do with us. Yeah, They just knew that, you know, Hey, this was a position we needed filled. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they had cadets doing it before that. Oh, wow. So they brought us in and they had developed a couple of little things, you know, these are, these are, you know, common, you know, type of run incidents, you know, here's a map of the city, but we literally just had a radio, a phone that you held up and kind of paper. Man. And it was so it was crazy. I was just like, wow. So yeah. we helped, you know, after I left, they got, you know, cat and all that, but they didn't have yeah. it while I was there. Mm. So, to go from respect, you know, really? hand typing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to going from hand typing and writing everything mm-hmm. to moving to my new agency where they had CAD. Yeah. And uh, they were, you know, and all I, so I went from an agency where we did a lot, where a lot of agencies are multi use for their dispatch, where they'll be jailers as well. Mm-hmm. They'll work the front desk. We mm-hmm. did that at my original agency. Well, my current agency, we dispatch.
0: Yeah. We answer
1: nine one one calls and we dispatch police, fire, rescue. Mm-hmm. We don't take non emergency. We mm-hmm. don't enter warrants. We don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, we focus on our guys, and that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I love about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the best things is I can focus on making sure that everything's getting done that needs to get done today, mm-hmm. and uh, and make sure, like I said, my guys are going home, especially now because back then it was all all the officers were you know old. You know, yeah. you know, grudging guys, they were all you know, they were all set in their ways and that now it just seems to me like they're all babies. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so young. And I'm like, okay, I was 20 when I graduated from <laughs> police college. You were young too at one point. And I'm like, but now, you know, it's like, holy cow, it's crazy that you know, we've got these young guys coming in, and I feel a definite responsibility for them, but the change, the computers. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the prepared live, Mm -hmm. you know, the rapid SOS, all these amazing systems that we have at our hands. Now Mm -hmm. we do things so much faster and so much better. I think it's just, uh, it really makes our job a lot easier Mm -hmm. and it gives us a little more, you know. A little more fun on the yeah,
0: track. yeah, as
1: I like to say, you know, we're great detectives, but man, with those computers, we can find anybody. <laughs>
0: man, isn't is that big. Click, click, click. I found them. Yep, <laughs> My favorite is when, you like, down. <laughs> when an officer comes up, he's like, Yeah, can you try to find first name Jim? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Hispanic yeah. <laughs> male 30s out of. Santa Cruz. And you're like, yeah. okay, like that's it. But we can oh, find okay, yeah. There's a, really a the challenge, we'll challenge accepted. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. One thing I want to touch on, especially um, when we're talking about going from paper to our like n- normal or not normal, but our newly um, traditional CAD systems and things like that. How would you, what advice would you give dispatch who are having a hard time with change because I feel like I talked to a lot of folks who are bringing this new technology and I just had someone on last week that'll air this, this month. Um, and they have some technology with the assistive AI and mm. the AI basically creates like a caption roll of your radio traffic to increase being able to hear and understand And one of the comments they made is that they received some feedback that, you know, this new technology could um, cause a hindrance to folks being able to have a radio ear or a dispatch ear or um, depending Mm -hmm. on that technology. And for me, I get a little frustrated with those things because it almost feels like we want to train in trauma, you know, like we've done it hard for 20 years, you need to be able yeah. to do it hard without this new tech. And it's like, I don't want to do it hard. I want to do it easy. You know? yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's my thing. I'm like, why wouldn't you want and like, you know, the old adage, you know, dispatchers eat their young, why? 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 why we don't, don't taste you want time good. off. You know, we,
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> we're in training. Like, we don't shower as much yep. as we should. We're not eating right. You know, we're not getting enough sleep. We don't taste good. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I want my days off. I want somebody else sitting in my seat that I know can do the job. So, and when it comes to that, with this technology, I love the advancing technology. I love the fact that it's giving us so many more options, like the prepared live, getting the video, my agency, we're really quick. So we have, we've only had a couple opportunities to, to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but our officers get to scene so fast. So, yeah. but I think it's going to be a great resource for people that work for counties or state, mm-hmm. you know, where they're having a half hour, 45 minute delay where you can get those videos on scene. Why yeah. wouldn't you want that? Why yeah. would you want that option? I'm mm-hmm. like, I want everything that's going to help me and/or help the people that I work with. If yeah. it's something that's going to benefit them, then I want it. Yeah. So I'm one of those, I'm one of those senior dispatchers that doesn't understand the whole. I hate change. Yeah. Um, I love it. I thrive on it. I thrive Mm -hmm. on busy. I thrive on chaos, (laughs) Uh, but I really love learning. Yeah. So, and that's one of those things that when I'm teaching, when I'm instructing, don't just take what I'm saying, go out and learn more. You want to make yourself a better person, not just in the dispatch center, but a better person in general. So if it means taking a language class or, you know, I don't care, take pottery, whatever, something that's going to help you relax, something that's going to help you improve yourself. So this technology is part of that. Learn Mm -hmm. it, you know, learn to love it and you know why wouldn't you want to use it so
0: yeah and i mean i feel like in the last i've been doing this for five years in the last five years alone the tech has been mm-hmm. like explosive mm-hmm. in the comm center mm-hmm. i remember when the rapid sos type technology got installed in our cat i remember when text 9 one came about mm-hmm. and you know we're only getting more and more tech and that's just in within the last five years let alone mm-hmm. a 29 plus career where you've seen Cads be introduced and in, you know mm-hmm. uh, better locating cell phones, gosh, you know like yeah, the phone all systems and- that mm-hmm. are so normal for us. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in that age group. I don't know what I'm. I i do not know if I'm a millennial or a Z, whatever the thing is. is. But I feel there? <laughs> one of those. Um, I probably should know, but I don't. Um, but I feel like I'm in that weird uh, span where. We had computers and I remember playing Mm -hmm. on a computer when I was a kid and taking typing class in elementary school. Um, And I feel like we really grew up watching that tech explode. Like I wasn't young enough to have an iPhone with me as a kid, but I did have that Nokia and I was rocking the snake game. Okay. Let me tell you. <laughs> and I remember getting yelled at for texting. And when my mom had, had that bill.
1: <laughs> I had the big cell phone. I had the one that I'd hurt you with it. It right? was a it was weapon. Like
0: a weapon. <laughs> I remember my dad had that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, but it's with that technology. And this is one of the things that when. are I, when I train people in the dispatch center, when we're actually, when I'm actually training and I'm CTOing, um, I grew, I grew up with all this technology. I learned it as it happened. Mm -hmm. They have to learn it all at once. So that's one thing that trainers need to remember. We've had the experience with it. We learned it as it came in. So those of us that have been able to build with it, we've got, we've been blessed with that. That's we're lucky. We have to remember that these new people, even though younger people are very good at technology, it's not the type of technology they're used to. Mm -hmm. So we have to give them that grace and give them that time to learn how to use everything that we set them down in front. of. I mean, you are sitting somebody down in front of eight computer screens with 5 million things going on and they're used to focusing on one. Yeah, it's like, Mm -hmm. we got to remember that this is a lot going on. This is a lot for them to take in. Mm -hmm. So to get that, like I said, the dispatch ear, to get the ability to multitask, it takes time. Mm -hmm. So like I have homework that I give them. What I do is I tell them, you know, go home, sit at your laptop. Like I'm sitting right now at a desk or at a kitchen table. If you don't have one, set it up. If you have just a tablet, whatever, set it up, put your news on in the background. Have the news going in the background while you're playing a game on your laptop with a notepad and paper next to you and write down the points about what you're hearing. You have to train mm-hmm. your brain to pay attention to something that's not right in front of you. Yeah. So it gives you that chance, that time to be able to learn, okay, well I can do this. And then, you know, when you start feel like you're getting a little comfortable with that, have a family member start asking you questions mm-hmm. and interrupting you while you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's going to help them with that multitasking and getting that, radio ear, uh, yeah. which is, it takes time. You can't yeah. get it in the first phase. It's not going to be the mm-hmm. first or second phase. It's mm-hmm. going to take time for them to get that.
0: So yeah. As, yeah. And I think as trainers, you know, we really need to remind folks that because I, I you know, you see in these Facebook groups and, you know, folks reach out to me. Um, and they're just frustrated. They're Like, I'm not getting it. I don't feel supported. I'm, I really want to do well. I'm trying to learn, but I'm, you know, I don't feel, Like that's being received, you know, and I'm not getting Mm -hmm. good feedback, um, empowering me that I'm going to be okay, that I'm going to going to survive this because it's really about surviving training because once you're no longer in the state of constant criticism, because that's what our trainers do because Mm -hmm. of the risk that's involved in this job, you're going to be critiqued on every single little thing in training and it feels heavy. I mean, I remember having to go, okay, I need a break and like walking away and crying in the back room. Cause I was just so overwhelmed and frustrated feeling like I wasn't getting it, or I was just having a yep. snowball type of training day. And if you're going through that and you're experiencing that it is okay. You just have to hang on and mm-hmm. find someone if it's not your trainer and hopefully it is your trainer, yeah, but if it's not okay. your trainer, find someone who you can have an honest conversation with and get some honest feedback.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, like you said, it's somebody else in the room that knows it or maybe somebody that helped you get into the field, whatever it is. But yeah, having that, and again, we as trainers, yes, we have to be critical. There's a reason for it, but that doesn't mean you have to be a bitch. That doesn't mean... Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. My swear? Okay.
0: Oh, I mean, you can. That's mean. <laughs> I
1: was like, you don't have. You know, you don't have to be the complete mean person about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, things have mm-hmm. to be corrected, especially if it's something that's a continuing problem. If it's the same thing multiple times over, but mm-hmm. if it's the first time making a mistake or whatever, we got to learn from it. Give them the chance, mm-hmm. and not, you know, like you said, don't try to eat them right away. Like, yeah, let's work through this. But yeah.
0: Exactly. And um, so I have a question. (laughs) I don't know if you know the answer to this because it's been a long time for you, but you said you worked for ADT and we all want to know where zone three is. Okay. Where is it?
1: (laughs) Okay. There is no zone three. I can tell you zone one is the actual panel. (laughs) So that's what, and they don't know that. I'm like, how do you not know zone one is your panel? So they say zone one general alarm. Okay. That means you have to check the panel. Gee, thanks. You didn't do anything. So there is no zone three. Well, if there is a zone three, it's usually something close by the panel, but yeah, no. So yeah, when they're doing that and they don't have any clue, they're just not reading their system. Yeah. I know, because they'll call up and I'll be just like, oh, uh, man, embarrassing. Is. I was like, yeah. <laughs> right? Come like, on. Oh, like,
0: like, oh, it's us. Panic alarm, point of activation, unknown.
1: Yeah. What? Wait, that's what, what is it unknown? <laughs> exactly. Especially in this day and age with how these systems yeah. work. I worked for that company 30 years ago. <laughs> right? and, I mean, come on. We knew what it was back then. You can't tell me we haven't proved on anything. It's like that oh, is amazing.
0: So see yeah. everybody, we solve riddles here at Let's Talk Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Zone one mm-hmm. is the panel. The so panel. <laughs> if you want to check, the <laughs> check the panel. Check the panel. Zone one. Oh, you mean the panel? That's what I'm gonna say at work Oh, you mean the panel? Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> got it. You don't know how to read. (laughs) Did I say that?
0: (laughs) Not on this recorded line. that is uh, amazing <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah they're a who. yeah and the fire companies are even worse they're oh, my gosh. oh geez OP. oh pete it's like come on well, i don't, why, I why don't sure, know what yeah.
0: like the medical Sorry. alarms too no you're fine um yep. they'll call and i'll be like okay I, here's the number of the fire department we don't dispatch medical alarms and they'll call back call back with an update for medical alarm. I know, I just talked to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> update the number, have somebody that knows what they're doing, go in the system, update our number because stop calling me. Yeah,
0: yeah. man, I'm busy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yep. wow. no, that's good. Or they'll call with a medical alarm, mm-hmm. but they have no information on the patient.
0: Like, who's How do you have the a medical
1: alarm? How do you have a medical alarm on somebody you don't even know who they are? Yeah,
0: like, no, no, <laughs> phone number, no. Age, no, yeah, H, H, no. no, like where do you want us to go. Lockbox key information. <laughs>
1: We're just going to break in. You do yeah. we have your permission to break in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Hot mess. Yeah. Hot mess.
0: Um, do you remember any of your like first calls for service or early calls in your career?
1: You know what? Yeah. I actually, <laughs> it, it, it was funny because. I'm going to say I was not the best dispatcher when I started out (laughs) because I just like, you're calling for what? Okay, where are you at? All right, we'll be on the way. Click. Yeah. Not asking any questions. It took a while to realize, oh, we're supposed to ask questions. (laughs) Oh, that's that's not Um, not my job. (laughs) Yeah. One of my best ones was I talked with Jesus Christ and yeah. Oh yeah. And he, oh, he had things to say. So he, you know, he was ready to, you know, pray over the guys, but he Mm -hmm. needed them to come down and he was going to, and I'm like, I'm thinking this is a total setup. This is going to be an ambush. I'm like, this dude is, I'm not following for it, buddy. Mm -hmm. But he really, this guy thought he was Jesus Christ and he was ready to play and have a good time. And we're just like, Oh Lord. I'm like, okay.
0: Did you have to bring wine and bread or like, what were the requirements? (laughs) Nope. Literally
1: he actually had lunchables set up for the guys and it was like, not quite what we were anticipating, okay. but he like, literally he set them down and then he goes, okay, bye. And he started running and they're just like, <laughs> I remember talking to the guys afterwards. They're like, should we chase him Has he done anything? you know It's like, all right, bye. It's like
0: lifting the <laughs> lungibles, looking for meth. Like where? <laughs> yeah. We're like, what is,
1: what is this dude's doing? But. Yeah. So that one, and I think the other one that really stuck with me from back at my original agency was a dad called in and he goes, yeah, I need a rescue for my son. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's going on with your son? He goes, well, he's bleeding. And I'm like, from where? He goes, his chest. And I'm like, why? He goes, well, I stabbed him. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what'd you stab him with? He goes, a butcher knife. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, where's your son at? Well, he goes, he's sitting on the steps outside the trailer. Um, and I'm like, where's the knife? He goes in the kitchen sink. I already washed it. And I'm like, what the heck and I'm like, how did you stab him? He literally stabbed him gosh. and it went between the ribs, missed all his major organs. Oh, wow. And this kid was actually sitting on the steps when the officers got there wow. and dad came out. No problem. But they were arguing because the son was playing his music too loud. So he stabbed him with a butcher knife.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I was like, well, all right. And, but the son was okay. Oh, yeah, and it was it was crazy
0: and you know i don't know if folks who um who don't have a direct line to you know the first responder to world or this line of work realize like how often that type of stuff happens
1: yeah. i remember we'll ex- go ahead yep no go ahead
0: i remember i had a um we had this tech at my old agency called shot spotter and we had like a bunch of rounds go off so we checked the area couldn't find any evidence of a shooting no witnesses nothing suspicious clear the call and about 30 minutes later it's like two in the morning like 30 minutes later a guy calls nine one one. one he's like i came over to my friend's house i'm like your friend 2 a.m okay go ahead sir um came over to my friend's house and there's there's bullet holes everywhere and she she has holes all over her and she's telling me not to call the police. But I, I <laughs> she's she's shot everywhere, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and but it's just like you're you're like, it's two AM. I want to use like, yeah, I came over to my friends and there's bullet holes everywhere. And and that's how often those type of calls happen where it's just like do 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 you just plotting along about your yep. day. Hi, yep. I need
1: an ambulance for what? Yeah.
0: I stabbed someone or I shot someone or I, you know, and just calm. Like, just very like, yep. matter. Well, of-
1: I've actually got a very good example of that. And mm-hmm. it's actually, it went TikTok famous last year, made the rounds again. It's actually from like 11 years ago. I think it's got like two or three million listens, views, whatever TikTok is. I don't know. Mm. I don't have TikTok because I you am. Know, old. I think <laughs> it's all, all
0: of those things, maybe. <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, so it was a double axe murder suicide. And I would literally just made my lunch, oh my sat down with my lunch. And my partner was up away from her position, so I answered the nine one one call. I'm like, you know, nine one one, da 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 And she goes, "There's been a murder suicide. There's no survivors. You need to come right now." And I'm like, "What? Who? Uh-huh. What?" <laughs> I and was I
0: like, "I want oh. to know." Cat uh, was definitely mid mid pool at her food when she was taking this call because that's hot. You've been waiting twelve hours for it, and you're mm-hmm. like. Murder suicide? Okay, let me
1: just put this down. Okay. I wasn't even going to yep. enjoy
0: that bite anyway. And I literally,
1: I, I said as soon as she said that, I was like, shit. Like, <laughs> okay, I set it aside. And unfortunately, it ended up being worse. She didn't know that her mom was also a victim, as well. But oh um, so it ended up being a double axe murder suicide. But yeah, so that one's on TikTok. I could actually send the link if you want to listen to it. Man, but
0: yeah, that is it's, wild.
1: Uh, yeah. And it, like you said, and then when you hear the call and what she says, and she's very calm, she's obviously in shock. Yeah, um, but she's very calm through the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. she gets a little, you know, uh, a couple of times, a little chippy. But yeah. yeah, like I said, it's not what you anticipate when you're taking your lunch, when you're eating your lunch. It's yeah. not, you know, but you get those calls and you just yep, set everything aside. Stand and start up. working,
0: start typing, yep. you know, and yep. I think the manner in which like, like that's wild, like an axe murder, like in a suicide mm-hmm. at that, like yep. the the. Violence that comes with that, and you know the intention mm-hmm. that comes with using exactly. a weapon like that. um yep. it's out there, and it's out there more than it's reported on the news. It's out there more exactly. than it, anyone is really aware of, and it's mm-hmm. funny at the safety fair thing yesterday. Um, someone asked me, like, how is it living in this community where? a lot of folks are a little frustrated with like property crime and unhoused individuals coming into the area and stealing packages and and these things that I think being in this line of work you just kind of realize is a part of life out there living in the world and you understand that policing or first responder services are reactive we're not preventative mm-hmm. you know you call us as when the much doors as we
1: get, like to think we can it, right yeah, we you can. know yeah
0: you, you call us when the yep. door's been kicked in or someone has to mm-hmm. commit someone should have to commit a crime to have contact with us you know and yep a lot of folks have a hard time understanding that we're not going to prevent folks from becoming victims. You know, we're, we're trying to lessen yep. those chances or opportunities, but a lot of that comes from how we operate in our day-to-day lives, you mm-hmm. know, that prevention yep. aspect. Um, and it's tough And like some things you just, I like, how do you, how do you prevent a double ax, you know, murder, suicide, yeah. you know, exactly. What, what can you yeah. do but respond? And it's it's tough taking those calls as a dispatcher. I would, especially, yeah. you know, you being the dispatcher who took that call, who, who folks around the world are listening to on social media now, yeah. you're the individual who answered that phone call.
1: Like, yeah. And it hit, like when it hit the news, we knew it hit local news. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not prepared for it to it hit national and international news, which it did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the amount of calls, because, I have obviously a very distinctive voice like you uh, do. So yeah. I have a very distinctive voice. So I had people that were messaging me right away because it was yeah. on the today show yeah. and it was, yeah. So it made big news at the time. This was back in 2012 when this happened. Yeah. Uh, Cause you don't anticipate this happening in a suburb, you know, a nice mm-hmm. suburb community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't anticipate something like that happening. And then there was another brutal uh, murder and, um, Beating that happened in the bur- uh, bordering jurisdiction mm. just north of us mm. uh, a week later. Uh, mm-hmm. That's also made international news as well. And people are like, what is going on? And yeah. again, we have to remember that as dispatchers, we're going to see this. We're going to see it day in and day out. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that 5%. Yeah. We're going to see the worst of everything for a very mm-hmm. long time. So, and that's where it comes into okay, taking care of yourself, taking care of your officers, Mm -hmm. you know, how, what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. So, and to remember that you're, even though you're part of that because of the call, you still have to learn to separate yourself from that. And it can be Mm -hmm. really hard to do, especially when people get really invested in these calls. Yeah. yeah, My daughter just Mm -hmm. took one of her her (laughs) worst calls. She's been doing Mm -hmm. this a year and a half with me now. Mm -hmm. She's at my agency. So Um, cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's great. She started when she was 19 and uh, she's doing great. But she had her first call where Mm -hmm. she lost a baby Mm -hmm. and nothing she could have done would have changed the outcome. Unfortunately, that baby Mm -hmm. was deceased when we got the call, but she did everything she needed to giving the parents the CPR instruction, uh, trying to keep the scene calm until firefighters and officers got there. Um, But that's still going to have an effect on you, even if it doesn't at that moment. You have to be very careful of watching when that does creep back up, especially when you take a similar call a year from now or two Mm -hmm. years from now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: And I imagine, you know, not everyone gets to work with their mom, who is honestly a complete badass Mm -hmm. in this uh, line (laughs) of work. So I'm sure she feels good to be able to have someone who gets it, you know, to relate to. And I think that's half half the battle, right? Is like having someone who, um, mm-hmm. understands and can give some feedback and who has experienced, you know, quote unquote loss in this, in this line of work, you know, it's super yep. important.
1: Right. Yeah. And I have a lot of SISM training mm-hmm. and a lot of mine is faith-based. So, mm-hmm. you know, just helping her out with that. And her dad's a retired police officer. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. I was that
0: <laughs> Hey man, sometimes we gotta get that pigeon, you know? You gotta you gotta set up that retirement. I respect it. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, no, he's he's somebody else's problem now. So <laughs> we did we did that too.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> statistics, you gotta keep it consistent, yep. you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, definitely having that person that you can talk to is so imperative. And I'm I'm very glad we have a very good relationship. So awesome. she's able to talk and able to share when she needs to so mm-hmm.
0: very yeah. cool so I did want to circle back to something that I don't think we talk about or we talk about it a little bit in um as a as a ha. I think and I I not I know I do like I always say like man that might be my date light episode you know like that might be the one where I end mm-hmm. up on on national tv and I don't think mm-hmm. we recognize it as much and we need to operate as such that any call it, it's all recorded it's all public record yep. everything, how, you do. Everything, everything you do you is do. Recorded. and um you never know you know how you're gonna end up on tv what kind of call it'll be you know for you mm-hmm. i imagine i haven't heard the heard the call but it's out there obviously mm-hmm. um but i would hope that When I do end up on the dateline and the national news that it's in a, in a praising manner.
1: In a positive.
0: Yeah. In which they're like, man, that was a rough call and the dispatcher rocked it. Um, Mm -hmm. but we know there are calls out there that are like, oh like that's yes. not
1: <laughs> I also teach a 911 liability class so... right What's like <laughs> oh
0: you know we don't want yeah you know? and...
1: <laughs> not good examples yeah
0: yeah and we just need to always every single call and I know we can talk about burnout and like what it's what what mm-hmm. is contributing to um, these dispatch calls that are not uh, showing the best foot forward for the dispatcher. And, but the, but just like our officers, you know, who are out there uh, we're, we're held to a higher standard to conduct ourselves Mm -hmm. in a certain manner um, when we're uh, um, when we're interacting with the public and Mm -hmm. just because the last 20 people yelled at us, cussed us out, you know, paid our paid our salary and all that doesn't mean that the 21st person gets, gets our, you know, gets us to dump yep. on them. And I know that can be exactly. tough,
1: but yeah, we need to. And, yeah. And that's one thing we do. We need to be better. We need mm-hmm. to make sure that we're, we're professionals. This mm-hmm. is a career. This is a job. You are mm-hmm. a professional. You are there to just like the officers protect and serve. Mm-hmm. So, serve is a part of our moniker. You have to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be times where people are driving you up. You're in a loving wall. You're not having a good day yourself. Something might personally in your personal life be affecting you, but you have to learn to take care of you mm-hmm. to make sure that when you're on that call, you treat everybody with the same respect. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's your local EDP, which we call EDPs, are emotionally disturbed mm-hmm. persons. So whether it's your local EDP and one that you deal with on a regular basis or somebody that you know that's a local alcoholic or that family that is always fighting, Hmm. you Hmm. still have to treat them with respect. Hmm. You're still gonna have to ask the questions. You're not just gonna go, okay, then yeah, we're on the way. Click. No, you still have to ask the questions. Officer safety is still paramount, citizen safety is still paramount. So Hmm. you still have to do your job and be respectful because you don't want to be that example. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. on the news where this dispatcher was laughing in the background, dropping mm-hmm. F-bombs, making fun of the caller, saying they just don't care what happens to someone. Yeah, I I pray to God none of my coworkers end up being that person. And I don't mm-hmm. think they would. Yeah. yeah, everybody has their moments, but mm-hmm. we're professionals. We need to act like it.
0: Exactly. So, so, so true. Yeah. I did want to touch on, because this fascinates me, Homeland security and dispatch. What is it? Like, what does that look like? Like, why, why? I, I always find it so interesting when I meet folks who are doing dispatch related things for mm-hmm. agencies. I'm like, oh man, they got dispatch options. Like I met someone who worked for the FBI yeah. when I was at a, a clutch training and they were telling me their job. I'm like, oh, so you're like you're answering the phones for the FBI. Like that's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, yep. so what does Homeland security and dispatch look like?
1: So Homeland security and uh, dispatch, when I teach this class, I teach them, I tell them, there's not going to be a specific question that I'm going to give you today. That's going to go, Woo-hoo, I figured out this is the bad guy. This is the bomber. This is going <laughs> to be the guy, unless they're calling and giving you, their manifest or their whatever they're going to call it unless they're calling and giving you saying, Hey, like uh, what's his name? The uh, pulse nightclub Mm. uh, man Mm. team. He called and said, Hey, this is me. I'm in here. I'm doing this. Mm. It's rare. That's where you're ever going to get that. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to Homeland security, the big thing is is making sure that you and your agency are prepared for a large scale scenario Mm -hmm. Um, And what that looks like for your agency, whether it's a small department, a county, a state, Mm -hmm. what do you have available? What are your resources? Do you know how to get a hold of them? Do you have contact and updated information for them? Are Mm -hmm. you participating in large scale scenarios Mm -hmm. when they're doing this? So when your uh, police department's doing their active shooter training, are you being a part of that? Mm -hmm. Are you are you going are they having dispatchers actually dispatch that event? They should be. If they're not, Mm -hmm. they should be. They -hmm. should be a part of the large multi-jurisdictional stuff that they do. So Mm -hmm. our agency has gotten very good about bringing in dispatch and we'll play victims Mm -hmm. or we'll play the bad guys, you know, during Mm -hmm. the SRT training, they'll bring them in. Um, But also we need to be in there as part of the dispatchers because this is our job. So Mm -hmm. we need to know what you're going to expect from us. When a large scale scenario, because they forget about us. They go, we know we're going to need this many ambulances. We know we're going to need, I said, but who's going to dispatch them? Yeah. You have to be prepared for that. So I think one of the best examples of that was the uh, Aurora shooting. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. both dispatchers, both the fire and the police dispatcher. I think when it came to keeping track of their units and all that type of stuff did great job. Yeah. You know, people like, Oh, things were missed. Things. Yeah. You know what? It's the heat of the moment. There's a lot going down. And that's there's why you two dispatchers. Have- you know, exactly. I mean, like,
0: people need to understand yeah. that there's so many working pieces, two dispatchers, yep. two humans, you know, yep. like it's
1: exactly. There were, there were a ton of other people answering the calls and doing mm-hmm. all that other stuff. But they're handling the radios and the radios alone are absolutely off the hook during any type of event like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared for that. And a lot of agencies forget that dispatchers need that practice too. Mm -hmm. They need to be a part of the walking board, you know, so what happens when they sit down and they're having uh, uh, a meeting about uh, the Christmas parade, we'll say. Mm -hmm. So you're having a Christmas parade and you know, it's going to be involving police, fire, DPW is going to be there. You're going to have a bunch of other agencies coming in and helping out because there's literally going to be hundreds of people on part of this parade. But there's also going to be the citizens and we got to make sure there's safety. We had the incident in Wisconsin, you know, when that happened. So Mm -hmm. right after that, we had a big sit down at our agency and our emergency manager was smart enough to call me down for that meeting. Mm-hmm. And to say, okay, this is somebody that needs to be a part of this because they know what goes on in the dispatch center when anything happens or anything goes wrong. So how yeah. is that looking? How is that going to work for you guys? So mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things. Obviously, it's an eight-hour class, so I do a lot mm-hmm. more than that during that class. Yeah, But that's the biggest thing is making sure that your agency is participating in multi-jurisdictional, uh, large-scale scenario. Events uh, Mm -hmm. that you're a part of it, your dispatch is a part of it, um, and you have that communication uh, between your supervision as well as your dispatchers. Uh, If you've got a TERT team, Mm -hmm. you know, a tactical response team, uh, do you have dispatchers on that? Yeah. Do they go in and train with the SRT team? Yeah. So, what does that look like? So, there's so many things that we can be doing better as dispatchers. It's again, it's still a learning curve. I've been doing this, like I said, almost 30 years, and I'm still battling mm. to get a lot of this stuff in place yeah um but you know some agencies do great at it mm-hmm. but the majority they just they don't think they you know they see police they see fire yeah
0: and so. and my thought when it comes to like these go you know i haven't had to deal with a, an active shooter uh incident uh, thus far but you know my thought always goes to When folks are doing, when agencies are doing these preparations and they're training, they're they're preparing for once their boots hit the floor and they're able to. What do they do when they're on scene? But there's a good, typically five, sometimes (laughs) ten minute gap where Mm your dispatchers and it always. I don't want to say always, but it typically it happens at these small centers where they're sometimes Mm -hmm. staffed by one or two people. And you have a school full of, let's say, 100, 200 folks who are dealing with an active shooter situation. Those 100, 200 folks are calling into a dispatch center where only two people are answering the phone. So the question becomes, what direction, as far as policy liability and the intention to save as many lives as possible, are you wanting these dispatchers to communicate because not only are we gonna are we gonna be fielding these calls from victims, potential victims, and mm-hmm. folks who are on scene, we have to provide that information to the officers responding, the most accurate yep. and updated information. So, I think what gets lost a lot of times with this prep stuff is like, what do you want us doing yep. while you're on the way there?
1: Because yeah. do you, you have know, policies in place yeah. for that? Yeah, what, what is my direction? Yep. And that's just it. And they don't think about that. So, and that's one of the things that I tell people, a good thing to do is take the Alice training. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had Alice training, Alice is a great training and that's what a lot of companies are using. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is, you know, we'll talk, you know, how are these kids, are they on a lockdown? What does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. How do we get around that? You know, how are our guys going to get there? how do our guys get into the building? What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. So, and I've, I've, taught this class, I can't tell you how many times over the last seven, almost eight years, where people have zero clue on how their officers respond once they get there. Mm -hmm. They need to know this. They need to know that their officers are, and most agencies, not all, but most agencies are now training first on scene, first in. Your job is to neutralize that threat. Yeah, We're not worrying about victims. We're not worrying about our job is to the threat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how is your agency handling that? Is that Mm -hmm. what's anticipated? And again, what is your role in the safety of all your callers? Because they're yeah. calling you for help. Yeah. They're not just calling it to tell. They need to know what to do because they're in a situation where they've never been before. Yeah. And yes, even though this is becoming the norm, how do you do that? So yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have policies in place? What exactly do you say? Do I have the right to shoot someone? Do you have the policy in place for that? Yeah. What is your state's you know mandate we have the castle Mm -hmm. doctrine here in michigan Mm -hmm. but what is your state's mandate Mm -hmm. on that do people have the right to shoot someone you know and what do they say if they ask the dispatcher that if the dispatcher is asked can i shoot someone Mm -hmm. what do you say back to them
0: yeah no it's super super important and especially with with um with school shootings being on such a high like What information do you have about that school's policy? What information, uh, what layouts, what blueprints, what I, hopefully, you know, the agency is planning a certain response for the school they know they're going to respond to, you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to enter this place and what, how many exits are there? And if we're familiar as a dispatcher with how the school's set up, if someone says they're in the library and we know that's on the one, two, three, or four side, we're going to be able to communicate that better to our officers who are responding and know the layout as well. Just those little things that sometimes can get missed by the folks who are setting up these trainings.
1: And it's paramount. And And I've had a lot of agencies say, oh, we've got those in our computer system. Okay, God forbid, in the middle of all of this, Your computer goes. Yeah, I'm done.
0: Because that's when it happens. happens. Everybody, exactly, it it happens
1: happens in in the middle of something. It happens during a storm. We have the actual. We have the actual (laughs) plot maps. We have the actual (laughs) physical plot maps Mm -hmm. of our schools of all of our schools. Mm-hmm. and they're all the doors are numbered we have that in our in our center so mm-hmm. we can actually pull the big book out and look at it and go through it should our computers go down yes they're on our computers but there's also going to be not a lot of time for us to be clicking because we're going to in the middle of all those calls to be able to pull it up on a computer system and yeah. that pull that map out you got it in front of you you can use a grease pen write down whatever yeah. you want on it so you should have those options yes the phones everything are great all the computers are wonderful you should have paper backups and keep them up to date. Yeah. So
0: and I know, like for for folks especially like it's twenty twenty three, why we have map books and then why we have this, we have all this technology. And it's like if the criticism is gonna come when you don't have it and all and the shit hits the fan. So it's just better mm-hmm. to be, you know, yeah. the mom yeah, in know. the department yeah. who's like yeah, exactly. we need all the yeah. stuff right like yeah have it there because if you don't have it and then the incident occurs and then you fail to act in some way shape or form hey we don't want that on our conscience we don't want to know that we could have we had knowledge to be able to do better and we just chose not to if for just, yeah. whatever reason
1: because we didn't want to kill a tree but yeah like, like whatever, whatever
0: that yeah. is like we don't want that yeah. we, we had enough trauma yep. on our chest with what we do already we don't need something preventative um and then, you know, liability-wise, we want to make sure that everyone mm-hmm. has the tools that are available um, to be able to help folks. And yep. from a lot of these incidents, we see policies being brought. Like you said, people are going in and neutralizing rather than waiting up and making contact teams anymore. Mm-hmm. Incidents change policy. They change responses. So. Exactly. We, we want it. We, in a perfect world, an incident wouldn't happen, but the incident does happen. And we want folks to look at what we did and go, you guys they did did the best they could. There's nothing we would change. You know, there's nothing they could have prevented. Like we can add this knowing this stuff happened now, but there's nothing that's a glaring red flag that we just failed to do. That's what we want when, when incidents, unfortunately
1: do happen. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, and I've seen those changes. I've seen that mm-hmm. after, you know, the North Hollywood shootout, mm-hmm. the changes that brought to police departments mm-hmm. and their responses and their changes of the equipment going from shotguns to rifles, uh, Columbine, yeah. how that was handled, uh, you know, and everything since, you know, even since the Aurora shooting. And now we mm-hmm. have gas masks. Everybody has gas masks because, you know, it wasn't something that they really thought was going to be necessary. But here we have an incident where the officers couldn't get in because of the tear gas. So it's like, you know, how prepared are we for whatever is going to happen? But yeah. So, but having, like I said, I'm old school and there's, then again, there's some people that just learn better from having it physically in their hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: if you yeah. have a trainee that's struggling with the computer, give them that time away from computer. Give them a half hour to go sit and look at the maps or look mm-hmm. at the books. Give mm-hmm. them that time to absorb from something that there's tactile and in their hands. Some mm-hmm. people learn better that way. Yeah. Uh, one of my trainees, well, she, one of my coworkers now, she created her own book. So she has all the chichis, all the codes, everything she needs in her book. And she knows exactly where it's at. She just pulls it out of her locker when she comes into work, sets it down beside her position and she knows where to look for her stuff the way she wants it set up. Yeah. It's a great way to do it.
0: Such good advice. Such good advice. Well, we're coming to the close of our interview and it's been amazing so far. It's just (laughs) so much info. So good. Such great stories. I really appreciate you coming out and being willing to jump on and talk to me. Um, well,
1: I appreciate the opportunity. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I wanted to fun. ask you one more question. <laughs> um, it's the question I typically close uh, with every time, which is what advice would you give someone considering a career in dispatch?
1: I think uh, the best piece of advice I could give is to take it. It is an actual career. This is a great opportunity to do something that you never really thought of. I mean, we have the opportunity to help people at the worst points in their lives and to have them come out, hopefully, even though it might've been the worst point, but come out with a memory of somebody actually cared about them. Hmm. That's a great opportunity. It's a great resource for us to be able to do that. Um, And don't take it, seriously all the time, though. You got to have fun with this. I'm always laughing on the job. I love my job. I love what I do. I love teasing my guys. I love teasing my coworkers. I love teasing the people that I train and instruct. Mm-hmm. But you got to learn to have fun with it, have that downtime, find a way to take care of yourself. But this is an absolutely amazing career and it can be a great stepping stone to things even better, you know, whether it's director, emergency manager, whatever it is that you want to do in your life. There's a lot of great opportunities coming out of dispatch. So. So take the chance.
0: Amazing. Kat, again, thank you so much for all you do, all you have done over the years, dragging your daughter into it because we need more dispatchers. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. I, I've really learned so much from you today.
1: All right. I appreciate the opportunity again. Thank you very much.
0: Awesome. I'll be right Keep back. Being with you. being awesome. Ah,
1: okay. Thank you. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody. That was another amazing episode here at Let's Talk Dispatch. Again, Kat, thank you so much for all you do, all you continue to do. There is definitely something to know when, like, in a dispatch center, you have to ask questions. And if you feel like you're uninformed on a certain type of call that you may take in this line of work make sure that you're asking the folks who are creating these policies how they want you to respond because it's better to be prepared than unprepared in this line of work so again you never know what kind of call you are gonna take if you like subscribe tell a friend if you're interested in coming on the show just head to the raspy dispatcher.com Pick a date and time that works for you. I look forward to connecting with and talking to everyone. Uh, until next time, everybody, stay raspy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Dispatch, a Raspy Dispatcher production. If you like the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review, and of course, tell a friend. If you want to be a guest, head to raspydispatcher.com and check out our additional resources. Until next time, stay raspy, everybody.